Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. I want to uh, continue on with this, the theme of being all we can be for his glory. And that's the theme for the year. And um, tonight I, I want to start uh, just a short, I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, I, I never know. Um, uh, but it's regarding the word. Uh, if, if you want to grow in something, you want to get to be better in something. Um, as a coach, I understood the, the value of practice. I understood the value of coaching and teaching. And I see the value of that, um, whether it's in sports uh, you can have the best players, uh, but if they're, they have never played together or they, they don't have a coach that is instructing in, on philosophy of, of this is how we're going to play the game, uh, you can have the best players, but not necessarily the best team. And uh, so much of being all that we can be for his glory, especially in this year, is are we open to instruction? Are we open to coaching? Are we open to uh, hear and receive and do? Uh, what God desires for us is amazing, and the depth of it is amazing, uh, that God is very interested in who you are and for your development for your growth. In fact, Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he had a concern for the church, for this church that he had started, and he's writing letter back uh, to them, and he's saying, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that you have not grown, that you have not matured, that you're still just taking in the milk of the word. You haven't got to the point of the meat. For those that uh, um, parents with the, with the children, you can't give meat to a, a little newborn. There's milk that's given. But if there's not a development or growth in a baby over a period of time, there's a concern by the parents and by those you know, you might bring it to bring the baby to the doctor. You say, hey, what, what gives? How come this is, we're, we're a little bit concerned about the development of our child. Because they should be past the milk stage. They should already be getting into foods that are, are, are a little bit more nourishing for the whole body. Not to say that milk isn't. But, but we need to get past the milk of the word. Paul is actually talking about the, the Corinthians, not, they're, they're not getting past, they're not growing and maturing. And so there was a concern that he had. The exciting thing is the amount that one grows in the Lord is totally up to the individual. The amount that you say, I'm going to take in and receive to do is up to you. 
It is up to, to you, to me. Am I going to take in the word or not? Am I going to uh, hear the word or not? Am I going to receive the word or not? Am I going to do the word or not? This prayer I've prayed a number of times. I'm just going to read it quickly. But you recognize how much God wants to pour into our lives in this prayer for things to be done, not just on us, but through us, to, truly to be all that we can be for his glory. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is Paul writing to the, the believers in Ephesus. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So there's a strengthening according to his riches of our inner man, our inner being. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So we need to receive Christ. We receive Christ into our life by faith. And as you do, there's a growth that takes place that you being rooted and grounded in love. Can somebody tell me what comes to your mind illustration-wise when you hear this, this phrase to be rooted and grounded in love? What, do you, what comes to mind? A tree, a plant of some sort that has roots, where there's a root, roots that go down deep, and there's growth that takes place. So usually when you're transplanting, you want to do that at, at the end of a season when things are dormant. Uh, sometimes, uh, or you do it early in the spring before the sap is flowing. Um, the other day, I had, I had to move some plants, and uh, so um, I thought, well, you know what? I'll see if they, how they do with transplanting. And so uh, I moved a few, uh, probably about six or seven plants that I, I took off of a larger grouping, and I sort of cut down, and I just took the bunch, and I planted them somewhere else. At the end of the season, that would have been good. Um, so I'm, I'm watering those plants. They're, they're, they, haven't, they were not in the same condition when I moved them. Uh, they're, the leaves are a little bit on the wilted side, uh, but they're still alive. So I, I'm, I'm just checking to see if they're going to continue, if they're going to survive this transplanting. But this thing of being rooted and grounded in his love, there's a growth. That sh it, we're talking about growth taking place within us that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So... This, this thing of the, the width, the depth, or the width, the length, the depth, and the height is his love for us. And here we are, we're rooted and grounded in that love, and that the fullness of God would be evident in our lives. We're talking about growth. We're talking about development. We're talking about changes taking place in our life. Is that happening? Are we allowing it to happen? Are we rooted and grounded? Do we recognize the love of God for us 
is there a change taking place? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, power of the Holy Spirit within us, and allows for there to be things, amazing things done, it says to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That in who we are, there would be a glorifying of Jesus Christ. Is that happening? Is that happening? So this aspect of us being all that we can be and should be is are we allowing for there to be a speaking into our life? It's interesting that the Godhead, who, who makes up the Godhead? Anybody? So we have the Father, we have the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that the Son, Jesus Christ, goes by many different, different names, if you would, or descriptors. But one of them is the Word. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word. It is about what we hear. Do we hear His voice? Do we hear His Word to us? And as we recognize Jesus and we allow Jesus into our life, He desires to speak to us. He's not called the Word for nothing. In fact, we have uh, the Word of God to us that was written over many years, over 1,500 years, the Word was written by about 40 different authors inspired by God to write. They were unctioned and inspired by God to write the Word of God. And so we have his word given to us. And so part of it is when we ask Jesus into our life, there is this coming to life the moment he comes into our life. And as he comes into our life, there are things of uh, understanding and revelation that comes as Jesus comes into our life. There's an expression that's used uh, when you understand something. What's the expression when you, when you understand something? Sorry? I know that's maybe broad, a broad statement to try to... When, you're, when you have an aha moment, aha. Sorry, what happens? The light goes on. The light went on. There's light. It's, it's about revelation. So when we ask Jesus to come in our life, there is this coming to life, but there's also a coming to revelation and an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. There's a greater and greater knowledge of him, and there's also the light of what he would speak into our life, the word of God in us. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was 
with God, and the Word was God. John 1, verse 1. And so not only do we have life that allows us to exist, and we are talking about coming alive spiritually. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verse 1, he says, you were, you were dead in trespasses and sin. We were all dead in trespasses and sins, but we came to life. And so in the beginning was the Word, right from the very beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. There is no, no such thing uh, as evolution. There is no such thing as things evolving on their own from nothing. That makes absolutely no sense. To have nothing, and then something suddenly evolves from nothing. There needs to be a creator, and there was a creator. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. We're talking about Jesus. So Jesus existed way before he came to this planet. In fact, he existed always, eternally. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life from him that we can have is that there's also a light. There's light the light of men. He is the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Goes on in that chapter. It says, there was a man sent from God 2,000 years ago. His name was, who was he? John, John who? John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He, that's John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. He was sent to, to speak of that light of Jesus. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Every man, every person has an opportunity to, to have revelation to come and connect with the revelation of Jesus Christ, that there is a God. And so there's a revelation, or they come to the light, and we will see what happens. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, There's a response. We have a response to the word of God. We can receive the word or not. We can choose to have, when we come into the light of Jesus Christ, or even the light that would shine through the believer because Christ is within them, and there's a light shining from us as believers, there's a coming into the light, and there's an accepting or a rejecting of this thing of revelation that comes with the light. So he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And we recognize this, and I've mentioned this a number of times, that 
the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah. For the most part, there are very few Messianic Jews or basically believing Jews in Jesus Christ. From the, from the numbers that are, are given, they say about less than 1% of the population of the Jewish population on the planet believes that Jesus was the Messiah. They're still waiting. The More than 99% of Jews are still waiting for the Messiah. One day they will recognize that Jesus, the one that they pierced, is, the, is and was the Messiah. They don't recognize that yet. There are some, there are few, but not many. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. It is critical that we receive Christ in our lives. And as you did, you, you were born of God. It says, who were born not of blood, physically, nor of the will of the flesh, of, of the parents, their will, nor of the will of man. So it has nothing to do with being born physically, but it has everything to be uh, of, of being born of God. So there's the aspect of the, the word bringing life, bringing light, bringing revelation. And so the word in us should impact and will impact those around us. It should. The word in us should impact the people around us. Let me give you one passage. Uh, and uh, this is found in Matthew 22 from verse 37 to 40. And it talks about um, what the, the, the most important aspect of the law, of all the law, what's the most important laws? What is the most important law? So they wanted to corner Jesus. And so they had the, the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, they, they came to him. So they asked him this question. Well, what's the most important law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You can't love God. You can't worship God. You can't interact with God truly unless you are alive spiritually, unless you are born of God. It says that God is seeking those that will worship him, that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's seeking true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not going through the motions of, well, hey, you know, I'm going to worship the Lord or I'm going to sing some songs or whatever. You cannot worship. It says God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so there's this aspect of coming alive. We come alive in and through Jesus Christ, and we then are able to worship God. Otherwise, we are unable to worship God. We worship in spirit and truth. And here, the Lord is saying to love God. You can't love God 
truly unless you are born of God. And this comes with the word, the word being made life in us as we receive the word. So to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Does anybody know a scripture that talks about uh, all scripture being inspired of God and the impact of grabbing a hold of that, the word of God? Does anybody know where that's found? All right. Second Timothy 316. So we have John. There's a lot of 316s as you go through uh, the Bible. And there's uh, many of them are like, oh man, that's a great verse. So in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 is a great verse. And it goes on to, to verse 17. Listen to this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So when some say, well, you know what, scripture. Uh, it's just, it's a bunch of men writing it. What I find amazing is that these men, if it was just men, man, I can't believe how many prophecies they got right. They got a lot of prophecies right if it was just by man. It's like, how did they do that? And how did they communicate with each other over 1,500 years? Does anybody know any significant works of 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 written articles or whatever that was written 1,500 years ago? Anybody? Or even 1,000 years ago? Well, the Bible's written way before that. But to have over 1,500 years, to have 40 different people coming together, and there's a coordinating of the passages of Scripture over 1,500 years. It has never been done. And we might remember certain individuals like uh, Newton. Was his first name John? I think it was John Newton. Fig, Fig Newton. Isaac Newton. Yeah, it was Isaac. I think it was Isaac Newton. Uh, some of these Galileo or, or some of these other philosophers or scientists or mathematicians, and they, we just say, you know what? They gave us significant uh, revelation. Many of them, of the, the great minds of that era and that time that we, we might refer to, believed in God, were believers. And there's this, this thing of the Word of God being inspired. We're not just talking random. We are talking a coordinating over 1,500 years from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And everything intertwines because the stamp of God is on it. Because it was inspired by God, God gave us His Word. So do we read His Word? Do we take in his word? So part of it is, and I, I, rec I recognize that times it could be like, you know what, I don't have time. I don't have enough time to read the word of God. I don't have enough time to, uh, to, to go through 
his word, like coming to church. So you might come to church once or twice a week. Maybe if you're, you might hear, be here a few more times during the week. But what a small portion of time that is in the entire week. To be able to, to take a hold of the Word of God, do I spend time in the Word of God to read the Word of God, that it, there would be a growth to me. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. The Word is the bread of life. And this thing of having nourishment from the Word of God. Man, you know what? I thank God for His Word. As I have begun to apply His Word in my life, I, I, I haven't arrived when it comes to the Word of God, but man, you know what? Thank God for giving me instruction on how to live. I say, thank you, Lord. What a, a, a powerful thing. And it talks about what it is. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine or teaching. And doctrine, think of it as backbone that gives structure. If we didn't have a skeletal system in our body, we would, how could we move? How could we get around? We, we wouldn't even be able to stand upright. We might be like a, a jellyfish, you know, that's off the, out of the water. It has the water holding up the jellyfish, but you get that jellyfish out on the land. It's just this mass, this, this mass on the, on, the, on the sand, and they can't even do anything. There's no, nothing to, that gives it structure to move. We have structure, stability, doctrine. So the doctrines that are found in the Word of God, there's these groupings that you hear again and again. So, for example, the doctrine of, of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of not just Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ and, and what he did for us on the cross. And the benefits of what he did for us on the cross. We can go into the doctrines of, of his blood or his broken body for us. We can go into so many different doctrines. These are, are things that are, are structural to us. And they give structure to us to allow us to have stability, to, to be upright. Doctrine. So the scripture, all scripture, is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. You might say, what is that? What is reproof? It has this, what word do you find in reproof? Or what, what word stands out in reproof? Huh? Proof. What is proof? Proof is... Evidence, evidence of something, something that is tested, something that is proved, a proof. It's evidence. The scripture is evidence. There's evidence in it for God. For us, there's evidence in it on how we can live here on this earth. There's evidence on how we can live for all eternity. And this is given to us. Man, we need to take in the word of God. I'll tell you. The scripture is detailed about different aspects of our life and our living now. There is specific instructions on how to make it to heaven. 
There are so many people on this planet. You ask them, how do you get to heaven? Well, uh, I guess just by being a good person. I'm a good person. And so there's this, there's this thing of people having views and ideas that don't line up with Scripture, and yet here is Scripture given for reproof, for evidence of different things, of God and heaven, of life for eternity, reproof, for correction. You know what? People don't like to be corrected. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't want to, to be the type of person that doesn't receive correction. If you're going in the wrong direction, why would I not want somebody to correct me? Why wouldn't I want somebody to say, you know what? You're going in the wrong direction. You know, you're, you're, nowadays it's amazing what your phone can do, you know, like a GPS. You remember the good old days when we have to use maps? Remember that? It's like, I can remember somebody once, they showed me a, a map of, of, hey, this is where I want to go. I want to go, and we're in Niagara Falls, and I want to go here, and I, I, I looked at, and I didn't look at the whole map. And I didn't look that, there are, there are ways that, that if you want to maybe take a shortcut, you're actually taking a longer way because you're, you're going to hit every stop sign, you're going to hit every little town, you're going to hit. And so I remember this one trip that was supposed to take an hour and a half, taking two and a half hours, an extra hour of time, because I thought, well, I'll just cut across right here, not realizing way back that, you know what, no, it's better to get on the QEW, and it's better to take the 403 and cut across, and uh, you will eliminate going through every little town in the, in the Niagara region to cut across the Niagara region. It doesn't work. Uh, it's better to go on the fast route to bypass some of these things. To have correction, to have a GPS saying, whoops, recalculating or make a U-turn, uh, turn around at the, the first convenience or whatever, uh, wherever it is appropriate. Correction, a restoration to an upright state. That's by definition of the Greek. Restoration to an upright state, improvement to life and character. Do you want to have improvement to your life and to your character? Then read the Word of God and apply the Word of God in your life. That's what Scripture is for, to improve your life and your character. There's things about me I don't like. There's, you probably say, yeah, there's things about you I don't like either. You know? And there's, so there's, there's changes that God is able to make if I follow the correction that He would give and what do you really need for correction to take place? Anybody? What kind of person do you need to be to have correction in your life? Sorry, discipline. Sorry. Who, who, teachable. 
What does it take to be teachable? Willing to learn. Sorry? Humility. You know what? A proud person cannot take correction. When, you, when you're a humble, you're able to take correction. And so this thing of correction, to have improvement in my life, you know what? I need to humble myself to admit, okay, I'm wrong. And so for, for there to be changes in my life, to have correction, I need, I need to be able to accept to, have, to be teachable, to be humble, to take in the correction. The ins- it says not just correction, not just doctrine, not just reproof, not just stability, not just evidence, but restoration and correction to be in a right place or upright state, improvement to your life and character. For instruction in righteousness, the fourth thing mentioned here, Instruction to be as we ought to be before God. Righteousness is about being as we ought to be before God, to have instruction. And so this instruction in righteousness, this is another aspect, these four things, doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every action that we do, God desires to equip us by his word. So it's like, man, we can go days, we can go weeks, we can go months without reading the word of God. I know, because I've been in that place. I've been in a place as a believer, not reading the word of God. And I recognize the importance of reading the Word of God. Man, it is so important to take in the Word of God. Now, in the end, it will lead us to be with Him forever. A simple thing like, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I believe in You. Such a simple thing that is critical to our eternity, to our life on this side of heaven and for all eternity. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. So many people, I I believe in God. He says, believe also in me. Do you believe in Jesus? In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It's talking about the fact that we we can be with the Lord God, and he, in fact, desires for us to be with him, and he gives us a way. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Thank you, Thomas, for asking questions. Thank you, Thomas, for asking questions. And Jesus said to him, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father except through me. There is no other way. Not by religion, not by being a good person, not by what you or I may think, but according to his word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, period. I say, thank you, Lord. It is so easy. It is so easy as we believe, as we receive, as we accept Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. So the word, I said to somebody tonight, I said, you know what? They're asking about a Bible. Need a Bible. I want to give a Bible to this person. I want to give a Bible to this person. I said, you know where they can start? Start in John. The Gospel of John. If you ever are giving someone the Word of God, say, this is where you start. You say, well, where do I start? At the beginning? Start in the book of John. Why? Because John says, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That's why you tell somebody to start in John. You start in John, read through John. Do you want to continue? Read the next book. Read the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. If you want to read another book, you can give them, send them over to Romans. Romans talks all about salvation in detail. Ten chapters, chapters 1 through 10, are salvation in detail. It's the Word of God that we would know the Word say, hey, this is, you want to read? This is where you can read. John, Acts, Romans. If you want, start then in Matthew after you've done that and read right through again to Revelation. Read the Word of God. Let there be a growth. A, a baby grows and matures and develops, begins to speak. Maybe a word here or there, but there's growth that takes place. place. Hallelujah. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go for therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So I'll tell you right now, there's no way I'm gonna finish. So I'm gonna ask a question. What things would you say that you would teach somebody that is a new follower of Jesus Christ? Or you are making them, or they, they've given their life to Christ, they're going to follow Christ, they're going to follow in bapt water baptism. What would you teach, what would you begin to teach them? It says here, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the last thing that 
Matthew records Jesus speaking before he left the, plan the planet. This is one of the things that he spoke. Matthew writes this down. So what are some things that you would say are important commandments to teach somebody that is a new believer? Anybody? Sorry? Okay, so, so letting them have an understanding of, of that the fact that their sins have been forgiven. Okay, that he died for our sins. What else? In fact, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In verse 7, it talks about it being by his blood. If we want to apply the blood of Jesus in our life, we do that by confessing our sins, not to, to man, but to somebody, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we confess. What else? What else can we teach or uh, the commands that you learned to observe all things that I've commanded you, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you? Forgiveness, the blood, what else? Teach them about love. Okay. okay. Um, does anybody know any scriptures that talks about the love of God being shed abroad in, in our hearts by the Holy Spirit? Romans chapter 5, verses 1, 2, 3, 4. It talks about the fact there's some things that may come before or as you're, you're going through certain things. That there's a recognition of the love of God even as we go through these things, even as we've been justified by God by faith. But it talks about some things happening. Uh, if somebody can quickly look that up and tell me, what are three things that happen that uh, you might say, well, this doesn't really fit in with the love of God in my life. Anybody? There's a progression if you, if you look through those passages, Romans chapter 5, verses, starts, I think, in verse 2 already. Yeah, Rachel. And then hope. All right, so we're, we're talking about some things that are, are not... Just say, hey, God, God loves you. Well, why am I experiencing such tribulation in my life? God loves me so much. And this passage talks about their, you know what? Yeah, even when there's suffering, when there's tribulation. So can you give the progression again? So what, what's the first thing that's mentioned there? Okay, tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance to character, character to hope. 
and hope does not disappoint. And so throughout all of this, it's like, you know what? All right, you know, I can look at, at suffering or tribulation in a slightly different way because, Lord, even in the worst of times, there's, there are th good things that are happening in me. I'm, I'm learning to persevere. I'm learning character. My character is changing. In and How many of you that went through suffering, you recognize, you know what? My, my life has changed as a result of extreme suffering. Yeah. In fact, some of you may not even have come to the Lord, uh, or some of you even with the Lord, you recognize, man, I've drawn closer to him as a result of the suffering. And I recognize that he loves me, and he's to, he is there to see me through the suffering. And the type of person that I am is a result of the suffering and the tribulation that I've gone through. So knowing the word of God, what are some other things as we, we close off here? that are important things that you say, you know what, I would want for those that are young believers to know this. Yeah. Right. Right. And so recognizing the, 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 the unbelievably merciful, gracious God that would, as you go on in Romans chapter 5, uh, you hit verse 8, and you, could, you recognize this thing of, it says that, that God demonstrated his love for, to us, and while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. He demonstrated his love when we were opposed to him, when we were far and distant from him, that Jesus died for us because God loves us and he wants to make a way to having relationship with him. I just say, thank you, Lord, for your word. These are things, important things to teach somebody that does or has just come to the Lord. Yeah. Pastor Joel. Amen. So, yeah, the the um, the intent that God has for us that came even before the planet, the 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 God created all of this universe and everything that's in it. Before all of that, He knew that we would exist. And yeah, I see those hands. Uh, so the the amazing thing is that he knew that we would exist, and he knew this is what I have for for Jeremy. This is this is what I have for Roland. This is what I have for for Dave. And it's good. Ephesians two verse ten: We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
that we would walk in them, that before time began, they were prepared before time began, that we would walk in them, the things that God had for us. It's like, thank you, Lord. What an amazing God that you are. Um, Alice. Right. So John 3.16, absolutely, is, is this, th uh, this tremendous thing that God the Father gave his son, that we would have life as we believe in him. So simple, so easy. Hallelujah. Catherine. So the thing is, yeah, as the kingdom, it says the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So there is this thing of, of what, how we deal with the gift that God the Father gave us. He's saying, I gave you my son. Will you believe in him? Will you trust in him? And recognizing that he, he came to take care of the things that would separate us from God. He came to take care of our sins. And uh, so how do, we, how do we respond to the Word? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld Him full of grace and truth. This is uh, John 1, verse 1, and John 1, verse 14. And it's like, how do we respond? The verses before that talk about he came to his own, his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name. And so there's, there is a, the recognition of the tremendous love of God, but we have a choice as how we're going to respond. How do we respond to the word? And it's amazing how you do have two responses, one of acceptance or one of rejection. And and I recognize that the good thing is that we can plant a seed. The seed we can leave. And hopefully that seed can germinate and bring about th thoughts in their, their mind and thinking that says, you know what, I'm receiving the word. I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to receive Jesus into my life. And so that there's, there's a, a, a benefit to that. That we can make it uh, in the end, that we can make it absolutely to have everlasting life, as our sister mentioned in John 3.16. So uh, there's a lot of different things that we, we can give to, to the new believer. The interesting thing is we need to interact to be able to give them something. If we're not interacting with them, this is where we, we 
uh, it is critical that to make a disciple, it takes the involvement with that person. It, it, there needs to be involvement with that person, and that is the exciting thing of us being fishers of men, of us going out and connecting and with the intent, yeah, to be, to be fr friendly and, you know, be friends and, and whatever, be there for a person, but also with the intent, I'm going to be open to, to share of Jesus with them for the sake, for their sake, that they can have life, that they can have life, the life that I have. The word is so important. Uh, we're going to stop there. It's a good place to stop. And uh, I'm looking forward to what we didn't finish. Uh, is it, this was exciting, especially John or Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. And I, I want to encourage you. Uh, if you, there are so many different uh, programs, and I recognize not everybody's into their phone. Uh, if you are, check out some of the the things of reading. One one thing that I'm really enjoying is reading through the Bible chronologically. And so all the, the passages that have to do with the same time frame are all together. So uh, I'm reading through, you know, Second uh, Chronicles, uh, first end of First Chronicles, and then Second Chronicles, along with the Psalms, because it's it's the time of David, and then Solomon. I'm reading through uh, some of the the Proverbs as well, uh, and because it's the time of Solomon. And so you read, you know, I haven't got to, uh, I read through Song of Solomon. I read through Ecclesiastes because it's all around Solomon. But if you have, if you have, uh, whether you have a Bible uh, that you're going through and, uh, uh, or whether you have a Bible app, but that you would read the word of God because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine or stability, for reproof, or evidence, stuff that's proved, for correction, or restoration to an upright state, for improvement to life and character. I just say, thank you, Lord, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, to be as we ought to be. Instruction to be as we ought to be before God. It's like, that is so good. That's the word of God that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lord, let me hear the word. Let me receive the word. Let me be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. So beneficial. Let's just bow our heads and pray as we close. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you uh, the, that we would recognize you are the word. Lord, maybe it makes it a little bit easier to... to to take in the Bible, recognizing that you, this is, this is you in a written form of, of what you want to convey to us, want to speak into our lives, even in the life of others, as much of the word is about other, other people's response to the word. Lord, that we would recognize this and say, you know what? I want to learn. Let me learn from the mistakes of others. Lord, let me learn from the right decisions when it says, he did that which was right in God's sight, or he did that which was evil in God's sight. Lord, that we would say, well, you know what? There's, there's things that I've got, I'm not going to do. I don't want to do that. I want to do what is right in your sight, Lord. And Lord, as your word says, if you love me, you said yourself, if you love me, 
keep my commandments. Lord, even as we would keep your commandments, we are making a declaration with every commandment that we keep. We're saying, Lord, I love you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would know, well, these are your commandments. These are, these are the things that you said to us, Lord, in your word. And so I'm going to do these things. Lord, this, the, all the, the thousand, thousand plus commandments that you gave in the New Testament, Lord Jesus, we would keep your word and in it declare, Lord, we love you. We do love you. Lord, I pray for my, my dear brothers and sisters here tonight. Lord, that, that your word, as it is received and applied in their life, Lord, will be profitable to them. Lord, you said it would be, and I know that it is. Lord, I know, I see it in people's lives that say, you know what, I'm going to heed the word of God, and it is a blessing to them. It is profitable to them, and it declares, Lord, they, they, they get into a place of standing, right standing, with you. Lord, the things that they were heading in the wrong direction or doing things that weren't right. Lord, what a beautiful thing to be corrected. Lord, it is good to recognize I'm heading in the right direction. Lord, that we can be complete, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly equipped for every good work, every action of our lives. Lord, we just I just say thank you. Truly, your word is a light to us, to our feet. It's a lamp to our path, Lord. And we just say, thank you, Lord. We don't have to stumble in life. But Lord, your word is like a flashlight, a lamp that says that allows us to see where we're going and how to, to know where we're going. And, and Lord, to watch out for any obstacles along the way. Lord God, I just thank you for your word. It is good. I pray blessing on my dear brothers and sisters tonight. Lord, in each, each of those, those that couldn't be here tonight, I just pray blessing on them, Lord, that your word would come and be life within them and light to them. Lord, truly, that we could love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, that we could love our neighbor as ourselves because you loved us so much. We just give you all the praise and the glory. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.